0: Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thank you to all of you who got up bright and early this morning to be here on time. Uh, welcome also to those who are joining us online or watching from home. And we're always interested to know what countries you're watching from. I know we have people watching from Philippines, from UK, from Australia, even from Brazil. So whatever country you're watching from, you can always drop a note in the chat, say hi. Hi from wherever you're watching from, and it will be very interesting to see how many countries we're reaching. So let's take a moment to greet one another if you're here. Turn to your neighbor and give them a wave, give them a smile, say hi, good morning. If you're watching online, you can write into the chat as well. And now as we prepare for this uh, sacred time, uh, I may invite you to stand in body or in spirit and join me in the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let, Let us, us be glad, glad this day for life, for, for breath and, and for, for freedom, freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We, we come, come to, to bring, bring our, our gifts of praise and, praise and gratitude, and gratitude to, the to the God of all creation. creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We We sing sing of of all God's God's wonderful wonderful works.
1: Let Let us us give give thanks and and praise praise to the the Lord. Lord.
0: So now I invite you to remain standing as we sing of all God's wonderful works with our lovely worship team here.
2: Good morning, everyone. So it's already Q4 this year. So maybe some of you are still rushing through your last KPIs to end the year uh, as we start our KPI with Christmas. That's a good thing Um, Or maybe some of you are a little bit uh, Troubled today Um, Whether it's from family From news Anywhere Um, Let's try something today Okay, shall we? Um, So everybody who's standing okay So I'll invite you to close your eyes So lift one leg up And then lean forward do you feel like You're a little bit Unbalanced imbalanced? And I can see Those yoga teachers Everywhere <laughs> It's okay So Thank you for that um, So the other exercise is So Open your eyes Look at this cloud here At home Just look at something That's your focal point Right Lift your leg now It's a little bit more stable Isn't it Yeah So as you keep your focus on something, you find that you're centering yourself Then you feel a little bit stronger You feel a little bit of a sense of calm, focused Yes, so that's what I would invite you to feel today as we sing the next song As Jesus being our centre been you, Jesus, 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 be the center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all, from beginning to the end. It will always be It's always been you, Jesus Jesus, nothing else matters Nothing in this world will do Jesus, you're the center will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus be the center of our church And every knee will bow And every tongue shall confess you, Jesus You, it's okay. When your dog snuggles up to you, when you just lost someone, when your friend texts you to just check in, although they are supremely busy, when a pastor finds the time to ask How are you? Maybe you can't think of anyone I'm here to tell you that's okay Because I'm going to tell you who cares for you today I do the worship team does the welcome team production pastors of a church we can enough to show up today and every other sunday every other time to build relationships with you you are not alone in this Through God, we are here for you. You don't leave me. You don't leave me where you found me. You pull me out, out of this mess. You don't leave me brokenhearted. You never break your promises. You keep giving second chances, far above what I deserve. You keep telling me I'm worth it. Not a love I have to earn You don't leave me where you
1: found me You pull me up out of this mess You don't leave me brokenhearted You never break your promises You give me second chances Far
2: above what I deserve You keep telling me I'm worth it Not a love I have to earn don't
1: leave me where you found me. You pull me out, out of this mess. You don't leave me broken-hearted. You never break your promises. You keep giving second chances. Far above what I deserve. You keep telling me. To break your promises. You keep giving second chances. Far above what I deserve. You keep telling me I'm worth it. Not a love. You don't leave me. You don't leave me where you found me. Pull me out out of the mess. You don't Never break your promises. You keep giving second chances. Far above what I deserve. You keep telling be seated.
3: Hi, good morning church. My name is Mark and I'll be leading us in a time of prayer. Um, so first of all, let's prepare ourselves and... Um, if you feel comfortable, um, please um, feel free to close your eyes and enter a space of just settling into the space. And if you um, do not feel comfortable closing your eyes, uh, you can always rest your eyes on a neutral space or the beautiful cloud in front of us. Gracious and loving God, we give thanks for you are good. Your love endures forever. Thank you, Lord, for going before us and waiting from behind us as we walk through the difficult times in life. You are the living God who drives out the agents of fear and despair, who loves justice and hates oppression. Your son, Jesus, is our ultimate rabbi, instructor, Messiah, but he is also our friend, our companion, and the one who turns the world upside down, the one who washes our feet and inspires us to love those around us. May your spirit lift up those among us who are down. May your spirit grant peace to places in our lives, our community, and the world beyond. Peace. Grant us peace. Inner peace, but also peace that people don't have to worry about their lives or fear, even in the simple things in life. To just go from moment to moment, Day to day in peace. May we learn to be compassionate to each other and to ourselves. Walk with us each day and each moment. Grant us, Lord, the courage to cradle our fears and anxieties as the brave and loving parent that you are. And keep our eyes on the Word. Your Word and Spirit guides us in every moment of our lives. Keep our eyes on you and our hearts grounded in you and your love. May we always give thanks for what we have for waking up each morning for life Lord, we give thanks because we know that things will come to pass and things don't always last So what we do have, grant us a heart of gratitude. Help us to access the inner springs of life. And may your spirit turn the deserts in our hearts into pools of water and parched lands into springs of water. Lord, we lift up our prayers and concerns to you in the next few moments. And as we pray to you in our own hearts, in our own little space, hear us. Gracious and loving God, thank you for hearing our prayers and reminding us how much we need you in our lives, our church here in FCC and beyond. May your love soften our hearts and our tongues. Help us to love each other Intangible ways, through times of doubt, fear, conflict, between people and within ourselves. Guide us each day of our lives as we learn to give up the seat of honour. So that you may take centre stage in our hearts. And help us, Lord, to grow as your children. And may your work be ever present in this world. And may your word always manifest through every moment of our lives and through the works of our hands and our community. Lord, all this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.
4: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So as always, uh, I would like to invite you. Um, we've been using Menti for, well, since COVID. Um, and it has been a very interesting way of engagement and building up the sermon together. So for those who you know, and this kind of, so you don't get distracted on, the, on your devices with other things. Um, I you know, invite you to log in um, via the QR code or go to fcclee slash mentee and join us. Um, whether you're online or in person, to, um, as I'll be asking questions uh, throughout this um, sermon today. Uh, for those who are new, you know, you know, try it out um, and give it a shot. Um, I will, I'll be very honest, when we first started this, Mentee, I'm not exactly uh, for it, Uh, but it was more a uh, necessity more than anything else because during COVID, we couldn't interact with one another because we are all logging in online during the lockdown. So, will you join me in prayer? God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. May we all learn together, grow together, and be transformed together by your love, and by Jesus' teachings. Amen. So I want to start off with a little bit of um, preamble, right? Um, Because um, we had a planning meeting yesterday and we had some conversations and I reflected on um, sometimes, and maybe not sometimes, right? Uh, My sermons may come across as scolding. And um, I think that uh, my own personal experience when people scold me, actually I don't learn anything. I shut down. Right? My, my mom scolds me as like, oh, there she goes again. But I want to invite you to hear what I have to say as encouragement, as nudging, as reminder. Coming from a space of love. Right? So I want to first tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a church located at the heart of town, not only in terms of its physical location, but also with its involvement in community. It was where town hall meetings were held, where people gathered when there were major decisions to be made, or when there were crises. And there was once when there was a fire, and victims of the fire in the neighbourhood stayed there while living arrangements were sorted out. This congregation were good, faithful Christians in their minds, right? And as time went by, the church grew. And with that came difference in opinions, conflicts, disagreements. Some wanted the church to go one direction. Others want the church to go another. And as they grew their responsibilities grew as well. Because of who they were, where they were, and what the church represented, the town often turned to the church for help. And these responsibilities soon became burdens as the church started to be concerned that their resources were stretched. Then, because of political strife and war, A wave of refugees arrived. Of course, the town turned to the church for help. But the congregation was divided. Some wanted to help but were concerned that they did not have enough resources. Others were hesitant because they were worried that housing these refugees may disrupt their planned programs and schedules. And some were very resistant because they were concerned about safety having heard a lot of sensational news about how these refugees were a threat and couldn't be trusted. And others have misgivings because these refugees were of another faith. So I want to invite you to think about this. What do you think the church should have done? What do you think the church should have done? This church, which has been around for a very long time. You know, refugees come from across the border, be guided by the gospel. But what does being guided by the gospel mean? Spin off an arm, you know, create another organization, help the refugees. Pray about it. Pray about it and then build understanding among mef- members and refugees. What would Jesus do? That's a good question. And then taking the refugees. Focus on Jesus. And how does focus on Jesus look like? Take baby steps, but step forward nevertheless. Start a ministry to help. Invite the congregation and town people to Join. Be gracious. Approach the UN. Welcome the stranger and foreigner. State the stance and make them publicly known clearly. Yes. Have faith in God. Yes. And then, very often, it's all of the above, right? And thank you for thinking about it with me. So, let me just continue. They ended up not doing anything. And some time passed. And just like many congregations all over the world, attendance declined. And the congregation was ageing. And they wanted to attract younger generation. They wanted to be inclusive. They wanted to be diverse. But somehow their desire to be inclusive and diverse didn't translate into any growth. There were proposals to mix changes, make the worship more, more contemporary, put up banners, a rainbow flag, a Black Lives Matters banner. Some of these were approved and some was rejected. Yet, they continued to decline. And one sad day, they came together and to decide to sell the church building because they could no longer afford to maintain the building maintenance. I told you a story. This story isn't based on FCC or any church in particular. But at the same time, it is about FCC. It is about many other churches too. It is happening over and over again in churches all over the world. And for your information, this story isn't in particular referring to this church in the photographs. This is Parkview Presbyterian Church. It, has a, it had a history of 161 years um, before closing down in 2021. Its membership strung to 28 members when it closed. They sold the building. In, you know, they, are, they are based in Chicago, and they gave the money to other church communities um, to fund the other churches' ministry, that's what they decided as a as a church. I want to ask you the question: Why do you think the church declined? The church in the story, not not Parkview, right? Or maybe it is about Parkview. But why did that church decline? Losing relevance, well, yeah. Lack of relevance, lack of strong direction. Probably it's all of the above, right? No money. Everyone's going a different direction. No proper stance was made. They refused to grow. Talk only, no action. Too much performative optics. Church members were disappointed with each other. They weren't as accepting as the general public. You need a community of people who commit to walking together to keep a church going. Part of God's plan, members became selfish and members think others will contribute and they will not give. It failed to evolve to the needs of community. Younger generation not coming to church. People don't feel what they preached lack of financial resources, lack of a growth mindset, declining religiosity in society, division and strife, inertia, too many directions, only 28 people still had hope, God is doing a new thing. I think it's all of the above. So, Pauline introduced this this current sermon series with three questions right? This sermon series, everyone. Who are we? What kind of community are we? And what kind of community is God calling us to be? One answer that I hope that all of us can agree on is that we are called to be a Christ-centered community. I don't think any of you will say that we are, will disagree with that statement. And let me tell you why I think the church declined because it wasn't Christ centered. Then you'll tell me, but every week that church had Sunday services, right? Sang worship songs, praising God, praising Jesus, and every week they were doing Bible study and the sermons were biblically sound. Is the church that I shared in that story a Christ-centred community? Well, it may have been at one point in time, but over time, they lost their way. What do you think is a Christ-centred community? I invite you to think about that. What do you think is a Christ-centered community? And very likely, like the other questions that I had for you, that you will, it's all of the above in some way. All talk about God. Give God glory. Other-centered. Love, following what Jesus would do, the Holy Spirit, welcoming. Feel the presence of God, following God's direction. Correct when wrong. So when we are wrong, we try to correct. Inclusive, not just theology, right? Word-focused. Putting God first. Thank you. Thank you for all you've said. It's all of the above. Yet, we cannot stop at just one thing. Right? If you just said, you know, give glory to God, what do we mean by that? Right? A Christ centered community isn't just a community where there are a lot of statues or paintings or pictures of Jesus all over the place in some of the old churches, right, all over the world, or have Bible verses plastered all over the sanctuary or anywhere, or a community that just talks about Jesus all the time. In 2010, when I was in seminary, the president of my seminary retired, and he made a trip to uh, Indonesia, and he stopped over in Singapore along the way we managed to invite him to preach one Sunday as he transited through Singapore. After his sermon, a member of the church messaged me and said, he didn't talk about Jesus. This is the president of my seminary. This is a respected professor right? as well. Being Christ-centered doesn't mean that we just talk about Jesus all the time. A Christ-centred community lives it out. That doesn't mean that we have to do it perfectly. We will make mistakes all the time. We will be constantly asking ourselves the question, what does being loving look like? What does following Jesus look like? In new situations we may have not encountered before because the world is changing, there are new situations and circumstances that we, we can't find the answer in the Bible. And with the look to the core and the foundation, what does it mean to be loving? And I I like the correct when wrong. Because when we make mistakes, and that's part of their journey, we learn, we grow, we apologize, we make restitution, we repent, we change. That's part of that journey. Church isn't perfect. And we are not asked to be perfect. We are asked one thing. Follow me. A Christ-centered community is one whose actions are aligned with the values, the ethos and the teachings of Jesus. And in particular, in particular, the commandments, the love commandments of loving God and loving our neighbours. We proclaim on top of our voices in song and prayer and ritual that Jesus is Lord and Saviour, and we do not just stop there. We follow. We follow through. We walk the talk. Too often, talking about Jesus is a substitute for living out what Jesus taught. Jesus taught justice, love, compassion, and these are central to the Christian faith. Let me return to the story that I started with this morning. The church in the story probably checked all the boxes uh, expected of a church. Sunday service, Bible study, prayer, worship. Yet, they missed the mark somehow. Somehow along the way, Jesus wasn't at the centre. They were at the centre. What we do that's expected of church, Sunday service, you know, right now what's happening, Bible study, cell group, prayer, worship, ministry, is to learn and know the values, the ethos, and the teachings of Jesus and live them out. They are not meant to be a performance to show that we are followers of Jesus. They are to help us follow Jesus. Pauline shared the other day about saying grace and sometimes that becomes like a performance to show people but yet, saying grace has a certain dimension that is helpful for us spiritually to align ourselves, to be aware of God's grace for us. That sense of gratitude that transforms us. But when it becomes a performance, it loses a large part of that. We need to get it back to connected. That what we do, what we say, is aligned with how we live out. I came across this quote from Richard Rohr. Christianity is a lifestyle, a way of being in the world that's simple, nonviolent, shared, and loving. However, we made it into an established religion, and with all that goes with that, and avoided the lifestyle change itself. One could be warlike, greedy, racist, selfish and vain in, the most, in most of modern Christian history and can still believe that Jesus is one's personal Lord and Saviour. The world has no time for such silliness anymore. The suffering in the world is too great. Our faith... Being Christ-centered community means that there is a transformation. It's a lifestyle. Jesus told this story in Matthew 25. Um, And then at the end, he said, they asked, you know, Lord, when was it that you, we saw you hungry and thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of this, you did not do it to me. Christ is the refugee. Christ is the stranger at the door. Christ is the other. And just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, when we encounter Jesus, we are most likely not recognise Him. I really love the song, Jesus Be the Centre, and today I asked the worship team especially for it. Jesus, be the centre of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be you, Jesus. Nothing else in matters and nothing in the world will do. You're the centre and everything revolves around you. Jesus, be at the centre of it all. I always feel very good when we sing it. It made me feel very good when I first heard it, right? Doing Amplify many years ago. But we need to be careful that it's not just there singing to make us feel good and stop there singing Jesus be at the centre. What do we do to follow up with that? Because when we ask Jesus to be at the centre, what are we really saying? Who is not at the centre when Jesus is at the centre? Us. Us. I will tell you, the opposite of Christ-centeredness is not faithlessness. The opposite of Christ-centeredness is self-centeredness. As I said in the beginning, this is not meant to be a scolding sermon. The reality of life is this, the reality of how things are is The default way, the normal way of life, is seeing things from our own perspective. From the very day we are born, we see things, we experience things from ourselves. And everything is centred on ourselves. That's natural. But what makes us human beings quite different from other creatures is the ability to enter into other people's perspectives and imagine what their situation is like. Empathy. We enter into other people's stories through our imagination. We read books, we watch movies, we watch TV shows, and we can understand a person who might be of a different gender, Different sexual orientation, different race, different nationality, different you know background, all together, and know what's going on for them, even though we have not experienced those things before. There's something that we can do. We enter into that space. So I want to read you a passage from the Gospel according to Mark. And I want you to imagine with this God-given gift to put yourselves into the situation and the scene, just like you're watching TV or, um, and analyse the details, right? Um, maybe some of you may know I'm a fan of watching you know, Marvel and, and you know, right now it's Loki, right? And then I like to watch um, the YouTube... You know, there are a lot of YouTube... Um, channels that analyse the show after the show is over. They will analyse the small details, the things in the background, the easter eggs and everything. And some of them are really good. They, they really dig behind the story you know, and, and all the things in the background and give a deeper depth to it. But I want to invite you to do the same thing for this passage in Mark. When he returned to Capernaum after some days... It was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralysed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus, because of the crowd... They removed the roof above him, and after having dug through it, they let him down on the mat which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their face, he said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning their hearts why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God? God alone. At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, Stand up take up your mat and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we have never seen anything like this. You can picture in your head, right, the scene. Maybe all of us have different ways, you know, how the house looked like, who were the people inside. I want to ask what struck you in that scene? What jumped out at you? And I think there are several that jumped out at me, of course. Um, But I want to hear from you what what in that scene were the things that you noticed, like the Easter eggs, the things that are planted inside in this story? Some of you may have remembered I preached on this passage before. I pointed out then how the owner of the house might have felt. Imagine ripping up the roof and letting someone through. But that's actually centered on myself. How I would have felt if I was the owner of the house whose roof had been ripped open, removing the roof. Faith by believing. Talk is easier. Jesus calling him out. I don't know who is the him. Is it the paralytic telling him, you know, stand up, take up your mat and walk, right? Or go go to your home. How they dig the wall or they dig the, well the roof in the past probably made of mud, right? Um, or thatched. Um, so they remove the roof. The crowd self first attitude. Um, I'm not very sure how to <laughs> read that. Um, healed by others' faith. Blasphemy. Love. Miracle. People not helping. Oh, as in people, everyone crowded out and people didn't move and make, a, make space, right? Yeah. The tone. Hmm the four men. Thank you. Thank you for, for thinking about that. This time round, I noticed, and I think one of you have noticed in there, is Jesus healed the man, or why Jesus healed the man. It was not because of the man's faith. Jesus said... You know, or the passage says Jesus say. Jesus saw. Let me rewind a little bit uh, to show you that passage. Jesus saw their faith. It was not the faith of the paralytic, it was the faith of the people who carried them, who carried the paralytic man into the house. the faith of the people who found ways to get around the obstacles bringing the man before Jesus. And to do that, they had to de from themselves and center on the paralytic. And whatever they did for that man I would argue they did for Christ. Decentering means we try to understand things not from our own position but from the other person's position. We tend to center ourselves, you know, in conversations about events that happen around us and see through See things or issues or what through our own perspective, our background. Decentering ourselves helps us to consider other people's experiences, other worldviews, and other points of view. When we decenter, we listen with curiosity rather than with judgment, and we try to center on the other person. Decentering Helps us see Christ in the other. Recently, I caught up with one of our members who, till now, even though she has been a member of FCC for more than a year, has not stepped in the FCC physically. We talked about the need for community, we talked about finding a way so that she can feel more connected. And we talked about what worked and what didn't. What I found out was, you know, we are, while we are having members from overseas, we thought that one possibility was to have cell groups be hybrid. Just with the equipment, you know, in the, in the room, right, where we have the teleconferencing um, equipment. You know, with Zoom, people can dial in and join in. And some cell groups do have that for people who are overseas. And... This is something new to us huh, and we're still trying to figure it out. But for hybrid, it doesn't work for people who don't have the previous relationships with the people in the group. It works when, for example, someone migrated overseas or you know, knows the people already in the group and then joining in by dialing in online. But someone new probably feels very left out. Everyone in the room is present interacting with one another and this person feels like I'm watching people interact with one another. The experience is different. And, you know, those of you who join cell group, you know, before cell group, you interact socially. After cell group, you interact socially as well. But the person who is joining online just doesn't have that opportunity. So while everyone else is building relationships, this person is stuck. You know, whoever's joining Online only is not able to have that kind of development. As much as we try, and it is nobody's fault, we are trying to be inclusive. But it, the reality is there's an inequality and there's something that we need to do. So uh, and it's great that it was brought up. So because of her experience, she steps out and said, maybe I can help here. So I'm working with um, Ange A- to start that pure online group for folks in 2024. It will be definitely challenging because how do we build relationships between people who cannot be physically to the, together? But we also want to be decentering from our experience and allow those who need this online group to be at the center and to make it work through their own discovery. So, for those of you who are joining us online, advertisement time. Sign up at fcc.li/newonlinecg. We are working on how to, you know, the different needs and and uh, you know what will work best, right? And the timings and all that. I don't know. We'll figure it out along the way, but it starts from decentering ourselves and centering the people who are joining the group right so fyi we have been working on decentering for a long time in this church whether you realize it or not we all come from different financial backgrounds some of us have means and some of us may not necessarily have that much means And as a community of inclusion, for years, we've always said we will make accessible our activities to everyone, especially our church retreats. We had the biggest one this year with more than 100 people going to Batam. And the retreat was pricey. One weekend, $300. Not everyone can afford that. And what we have done throughout the years was to find sponsors so that everyone who wants to come and able to come can come. Of course we recognize there's still stigma attached to asking for help and there's still shame, right? And we try to be as loving as possible so that people don't feel like they're imposing, they are less than. Because we have learned that how we help people is also important. We don't make it onerous. We don't, make, you know, we don't ask for proof of income or whatever so, you know, so that you can access help. That happens a lot with you know, the social services in Singapore. You have to prove your income. You have to show how much money you have in the bank or how much money you don't have in the bank so that you can get help from the government. We try to come from a place of compassion. And also, we try to come from a place not of pity. The place of compassion is we try to understand where you are and we open ourselves up to feel with you, to empathize and try and understand. Pity comes from a different place. Pity comes from a place that you so poor thing, I help you. The the problem of pity is... Pity is self-centered. Pity at the at the heart of pity, is lucky I'm not you. Compassion, on the other hand, is, you guessed it, other-centered. I care about you, and I'm opening up myself to feel, try to feel as much, and understand where you are, and maybe even feel some of the pain that you are going through, and feel some of you, the suffering. That's what compassion means, to suffer with. We don't want to pity people. We want to feel compassion. It's not easy because to feel with, to suffer with, that's hard. But that is what we are called to be if we are Christ-centered. We have also been working on inclusion of people with mobility issues. We are learning how our space is really can be a challenge to wheelchair users, like our toilets are not wheelchair friendly. Recently, Sean, our Welcome Team Lead, shared with me how he imagined Bing Kwang, who is one of our wheelchair users in our community, may feel after service. Because after service, when everyone gets up and you know we are we finish service, people are chatting with one another. And they're all sort of standing around him and chatting as though like he's just on in his wheelchair and like disconnected in some ways. Sean was de-centering himself and centering on how another person feels from the other perspective. This is who we are called to be. And this is the, coming from you know, the lead of the welcome team, thinking, how can we be a welcoming community, not just by talking and saying, welcome home, good morning, but also entering into the experience of the other. I think Sean didn't know how much what he shared with me meant because it showed me who we are growing to become. Then, recently, Kira, one of our new members who joined, shared about the racism that she experienced in another church during our anniversary service. But we must admit that Our experiences, right? How we see things are often not centered on the experience of people of other races, but centered on the no, the the perspective or the experiences of the majority here in FCC. We often feel like, whoa, you know, that's that, that that sounded so sad that you know she couldn't attend a church because of her race but that doesn't mean that we don't have problems here as well. In 2018, another person shared with me their experience of racism, and this time, here at FCC. And this is what this person wrote to me. I have experienced some form of racism in other churches, but also here in FCC. And there were members um, who probably did not realise it was hurtful, whether it was jokes about Tamil or the Indian accent, or gestures that mimic Indian mannerisms like wobbling of the head, I usually have no problem speaking up against racism in more obvious circumstances. But when I don't know people well, and when I'm often the only minority, and when it's an implicit remark, I usually end up feeling unable to say anything, End up feeling hurt and upset without knowing where to go with my feelings. And she shared, in my Bible studies with Scandal, one of our one of the cell groups back then, we had weeks where we specifically talk about social issues, and I've had the space to talk about my experiences to people who were very intent on listening and understanding the perspective of a racial minority. I've also felt edified when sermons explicitly bring up incidents of racism, but also classism and sexism, and call them out. You know, When you once talked about the insensitivity of the racial majority around the subway-going halal incident, calling out colorism, racism, and hearing from the pulpit that they are displeasing to God has always been affirming. This is the experience of someone at FCC. We are both end. We still struggle to be a space to work against racism, and there are incidents still, right? And that's the journey that we are on. We are not asked to be perfect, we are asked to work on it. Now, we may get defensive when we hear such feedback, That's very natural. We might say, you know, was this just a joke? We didn't mean any harm. But when we do that, we are still centering on ourselves. Because we want to show people that we are good people. We are not racists. But we are not listening to them, their experiences. And that defensiveness is centering on ourselves. To decenter, center we need to acknowledge the experience of racism or sexism or classism or whatever isms that crop up, right? Because we are a human community, we will have all these things popping up. To own up to it and to do better. What scandal the cell group did was create space for folks from a racial minority to talk about their experiences, to listen to them, to understand their perspective. And that's the work that we are invited to do because that's centering on Christ. I'm not here to make us all feel guilty that we are racists or we are bad I'm uncovering the real truth that we are. That is the reality. But what I want to really do is invite all of us to be on that journey of growth and transformation and to live out the way of life that is Christianity or what Christianity is supposed to be, Jesus' way. So that Jesus... Not us are at the center of it all. Will you allow Jesus to be center of it all? Will you decenter yourself so that we can see Christ in the other, in the people, the stranger that, that we encounter? Will you follow Him? Amen.
5: We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognises no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. We thank you, God and gracious God, for For calling us to be be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and and hands to touch and bless our our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As people caught we caught in our tradition, in our tradition we, we confess, confess that, that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons.
6: We have paid lip service to equality. Mm. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst
0: enemies. enemies. We, we have, have failed ourselves, ourselves others, and
5: And we we have failed you, God. God. Moved Moved by by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new
1: people.
6: We confess confess our sin, and and we we pledge
5: to work work for reconciliation reconciliation with with one one another. another. We thank you, gracious God, for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting that to show his love for us and you. We We remember remember how Jesus Jesus came came to us, us, becoming becoming one one of us, born like us, of of flesh and blood and bone, bone, a fully fully human human person person like us in all things but sin. sin.
6: You remember, remember
5: how, how, on the, on night, the night before, before Jesus, Jesus died, he, he gathered with his friends for one, one last meal. meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more, ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die, ever. This is my body, broken for you, Take." Remember me. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. I invite the stewards to come to uh, share the elements. For those at home, this is a good time to prepare your elements as well so that we can partake it together. there anyone who has not received the element? Jesus, you we are, are all present in, in our midst. midst. You, you come came to us, us simply, simply, lovingly, humbly, in, in word, and word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in, in the, the love we share with one, one another. another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, Remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and his rising to new life. Let's partake the elements together. I invite everyone to stand in body and in spirit. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank you you for for feeding feeding our our hunger hunger and and relieving relieving our our thirst. thirst. With deep Deep gratitude, we we offer offer you our our lives, lives, our love, ourselves, gathered in Jesus by your your life-giving Spirit. May we become new people, wholly pleasing pleasing to you, you, a people people giving giving glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated.
0: Hi, sorry about that. (laughs) So for those of you who still have cups, you can pass them to the aisle for collection. Um, And welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize everyone's equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you're welcome here regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, economic status, religious background, or any of the other labels the world puts on you. And after today's sermon, I guess we have to acknowledge that this is an aspiration, I mean, we want to welcome you as best as we can. Uh, I think we don't always get it right, and we pray that God will give us the grace to recognize when we need to do better uh, and making sure our place truly is an inclusive and welcoming community. So I guess to those of you who have experienced any kind of feeling left out or microaggressions, uh, do feel um, that's okay to bring this to the attention of the pastors or the leaders because we really do want to improve and make this place a better space for all. Um, so, I'm David, I'm the service leader for today. Um, and if you're new or you worship with us uh, regularly, welcome home. Uh, for those who are new, please do leave your details with us by scanning this QR code or going to fcc.lee/slash/welcome. And this will allow us to um, let our pastors or staff reach out to you and find out how we can better serve your needs. Uh, Don't worry, we won't spam you. Um, Also, we have a newcomers meeting at the last Sunday of every month after the service. So this month, it will be on the 26th of November. It will be a very short meeting where you can get to meet our leaders and um, find out who we are as a church, what we believe, uh, and find out how you can get plugged in. So if you're interested in that, do email info at freecomchurch.org. Um, it's also the time of the month where we give you our financial update. Uh, so I guess at the end of October, we still have two months left to go. Uh, it's not all bad news. Okay, We're slightly behind. So the general fund is uh, 79.5. We're supposed to be at 83.3% at this time of the year. So just a small gap to catch up. Um, the building fund has a slightly larger gap, um, but also not too bad. I think it's quite manageable. So a really, really a deep thank you to all of you who um, gave a bit extra last month to help us catch up. And we've got two months left, so please do keep up the momentum because this church only stays open thanks to all the generosity of those who give. Um, so there are, of course, two ways you can give. Um, you can scan the QR codes uh, to give by pay now, uh, or you can give by credit card at FreeComChurch.Give.ASIA. That one does charge a 1.5% platform fee, and it only goes to the general fund. Um, So please join me as we pray for the offering. Dear God, thank you for FCC for creating this space in Singapore which can be a place of safety, a place of refuge for those who have been felt excluded from other churches, a place where people can come and worship as themselves, as who they are, knowing that you love all, and all are your children. So Father, please continue to sustain this ministry. Lord, help us to be Christ-centered. Help us to be relevant and to meet the people's needs in real and meaningful ways. That we won't be just talk, but Lord, we will really live out your calling in each of our lives. So Lord, bless this offering. Bless all those who give towards the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, may I now invite the stewards to come forward and take up the offering. And if you're here on site and you would like to drop some cash into the bag, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. Okay, so uh, while the stewards are going around, we just have a few announcements today. Um, the first announcement is for Tmart so Tmart is uh, one of our mercy ministries of this church and it's um, basically there are some transgender folks out in the community, mostly elderly, who are of limited means and um, we regularly will collect groceries and deliver it to them uh, and so if you would like to be part of that, there's two ways you can donate. the first is uh, group by so scan the QR code, go to the link you can choose the items you want to to donate, and then someone will contact you for the payment. Or you can just donate in cash, uh, and then we'll use your donation to pick up whatever items we need. And so go to fcclee slash tmart by the 26th of November, and then we'll be delivering the uh, groceries on the 3rd of December. Any questions, you can contact Kin at the number there. Okay, there's lunch cookies today, as always. And so this is, again, a way we want to make you feel welcome, especially if you're new here and you don't really know a lot of people. Um, So we have Angela's on duty today. Is Angela? Angela's at the back. She's waving there. So if you would like to have someone to have lunch with after the service, go look for Angela, and there's a hawker center nearby that she'll bring you to. Um, We have a few ACE events coming up. ACE stands for After Church Events. Another way to get to know more people... Um, And also, you know, create something, you know, use your hands, do some crafts. So the two that will be coming up will be for Christmas gifts. And there's a crocheting workshop, as well as one where you can make ceramic ornaments. So crocheting will be on 12th of November. And ceramic ornaments will be on the 19th of November. And this is usually uh, after lunch. So just you can come back here and then we'll have materials set up for you. Uh, The cost is pretty cheap. It's only $8.00 each person. So you can register at info at freecomchurch.org. And if you're new to the church, I highly recommend doing one of these because it's a really great way to meet people who you normally wouldn't meet, but you get to hang out and just make some crowds and talk to people. And you might make a new friend here, so do do sign up for that. Okay, we also have the woman or woman potluck lunch. So it's actually for uh, women, but... Because we want to be inclusive, and actually, we call it which is the Chinese word for we, right? And therefore, this is also including people who identify as genderqueer, non-binary, or transgender, all are welcome to this potluck lunch. So you can register at fcc.ly slash ace uh, by the 19th of November, and you can bring a dish or uh, drinks for about three to five people. The lunch itself will be held on the 3rd of December at 12:30. And I think that's probably the last announcement. So may I invite the worship team to come up for the closing song?
2: The center of it all, Jesus at the center of it all. center of it all From beginning to the end, it will always be It's always been center of our church and every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess you jesus
7: Jesus, you showed us what it truly means to de center. What it means to center on God and on others. To love with all our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. So, God, help us to be a people who are truly centered on Jesus. Follow us. Of Jesus Those who would follow through In our lives In our actions In every way What it means to love So now go Go and make our loving God Go with you Now and always Amen Thank you so much for joining us for service this Sunday Go and may God go with you God bless you